Welcome everybody back to the Nugget. The 49ers and really just a pre-draft episode. We haven't we haven't been on in a while. Um, been super busy, been kind of hard to, to schedule some some recordings and stuff. We wanted to get a lot more draft, during draft content, um, but weren't able to. So we're going to do this episode. After the draft, we're going to have another episode just recapping a bunch of stuff. And stuff. We'll talk about his development. We'll talk about the rookies. We'll talk about the younger players, guys stepping into larger roles and, and whatnot throughout the offseason. Um, but for today's episode, first off, I think – the big looming question mark is what is going to happen with Debo Samuel. So Aiden, what do you think is actually going to happen with Debo Samuel? And we, when we record ne next week, is he going to be a 49er? Is he not going to be a 49er? What, what are you kind of thinking right now? It may be the optimistic uh, route, but I'm 80% sure Debo will be a, a Niner come next week. Uh, there's reports out right now that if he's going to be traded, it'll be before Thursday's draft. Everything that John Lynch said yesterday uh, made it sound like they don't want to trade Debo. Um, he was, without a doubt, the MVP of, of the organization last year. Really carried them on his back to the playoffs in into the NFC title game. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. I think right now there's a lot. There's so many reports about why he's unhappy, and we don't know what's true or or what's not. The only one that I'm truly, truly concerned about is that he doesn't want to play wide back moving forward. Uh, he wants to be a, a traditional wide receiver. And while he's super talented in, in that, I think a large portion of his value is his versatility. Uh, and if he doesn't want to do the that, that I don't even want to call it gadget stuff, um, if, if he doesn't want to be lined up like all over the, the formation and have the ball in his hands more often, uh, that would be the only thing uh, that I think would cause the the Niners to be like, we might have to move on from him. Uh, but I fully expect him to be a, a Niner next year. Um, and possibly, I, I still think that there's an probably 80% chance that he gets extended. Uh, I think it was just kind of a, I, I think that his brother kind of forced the hand that they were going to play. Um, and he kind of went about it in a bad way, but I think it was a way of posturing for more more money um, and in six months, no one's really going to think about this episode uh, in the, the 49ers offseason as long as he gets re-signed. So I think that that's the goal of, of both sides. But I was 99% sure two two weeks ago that Debo would would be a, a Niner, and that number's down to 80. So uh, definitely moving in the wrong direction, but I'm still cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and I think that's inter interesting to bring up just because I think a lot of people – when you see a player that says, oh, I want out, they assume that, okay, that guy's gone. But that's not really the case in the NFL. We see that so often where receivers come out, they're like, oh, I want doesn't even happen right away. So in a lot of these cases, I feel like you don't really see the, the player that wants to get traded actually traded. Um, I wouldn't put my number of him staying on the 49ers at 80 i think he's more likely to get traded i would probably say like 60 40 but i think that most people feel like it's almost a lock that he's gonna get moved and i definitely don't feel that way i think that a couple weeks ago like you said i would have said like no nah, it's like a 90 percent chance that Debo is gonna be a 49er it's just you know it happens but there's been a lot of stuff come out 
Uh, I don't know if you watched the the John Lynch presser, but it did kind of feel like he was just, yeah, of course we want Debo, but like it's not really working out. Um, and that's kind of how it felt like he was coming across. So I feel like they're kind of in the route of maybe we're going to have to move him. And maybe it's worth it for us to move him because we're going to get a huge amount of draft capital back. We don't really know if we want to pay him because of the injury history. Now, do you want him on your team? Yes, 100%. Of course you want Debo Samuel on your team. He was, I think he was the best offensive player in the league last year. But there are some other factors at play, and I think it makes it a little tough. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, I, I think the Jets will give up. I mean, it already came out that they would give up pick 10, and I think they'd give up more than pick 10. So I think you can get a premium player if you do move Debo Samuel, and you're also saving a lot of money. Um, now, the problem I have with it is really comes down to Trey Lance. You go and you trade all this draft capital for Trey Lance, and then you're going to move his weapon right when he's about to start, his, his biggest weapon right when he's about to start. I get that Brandon Ayuk is you know, a better fit for the offense under him as like the true number one receiver. But I still think you can figure out how to use Debo Samuel in the offense. I mean, I, I don't know. I just I, that's the part that I, I don't like because we saw with DeForest Buckner, it kind of made sense at the time. Now the problem was you went and you traded for D Ford and D Ford, you know, ended up making basically Buckner's money. So you kind of felt handicapped a little bit. But you move Buckner, and that's kind of blown up in their face. And I think that's I really think that's the only thing so far in the the Kyle Shanahan's John Lynch era that's really blown up in their face. I think besides that. Of course, they have misses, but I don't think they're that big of a deal. Like, no one's losing sleep every night, like, over Joe Williams getting picked. Like, it's not that big of a deal. You move on. You're going to miss draft picks. You're going to hit on a bunch of late-round draft picks. So it kind of balances out in that regard. Um, but when you have a superstar player and you trade a superstar player and then you can't replace him with that draft capital, it gets pretty tough. So there's a lot of pressure on if they do trade him, the guys that come in. But I think that's something that they might feel just like their hand is a little bit forced. And also, like, I don't know. I just think it's I think it's a really tough spot because we'll know if he's going to get traded before the draft starts on Thursday. We will know that. Uh, Rap, you said Rappaport came out and said that uh, earlier, Aiden. So we're going to find out. But if he is traded, Aiden, what's the capital? Um, I know that the three teams that have been interesting interested are the Jets, the Lions, and the Packers. What would you expect in a return for him? Um... I think the value has been actually stuff like I, I can't think of the last time a guy hasn't been traded and his value has been like leaked like this. Um, the Jets are going to offer 10 apparently, and that's already more than Tyreek Hill and Devonta Adams got, got traded for. Um, they both got traded for the equivalent of around the 13th pick. So if the Jets were to give up 10 and potentially even more, um, I saw something today. The Lions are interested as long as he doesn't go to the Packers, I think the Niners are, they don't really care about keeping him in the NFC because the Jets aren't that much of a threat yet. And um, I don't think that, that their timeline uh, is super accelerated by uh, Debo showing up. But um, like I said, I don't think he's going to get traded. If somebody offers you four first round picks, um, like you obviously do it, but I think that if the Niners were to trade him, their goal, uh, and while this probably wouldn't happen, would be to replace uh, what they lost trading up for Trey Lance last year. I think that that would be the overall goal. 
Uh, I read something a couple days ago that that's what a, a GM thinks is the minimum Lynch would move Debo for, given that he doesn't want to move him. Uh, but I think as long as Lance is a hit, um, like it doesn't, it, it it won't cripple the 49ers organization moving forward, but it's, it's always bittersweet for me to trade an established player for, for draft picks. Cause there's such a high chance, even if it's a high pick that he he's going to bust. Uh, I think AJ Jenkins, uh, tons of Fort Joe Williams is a third round pick and never even saw a, a snap. Um, I usually on, on the, the side of caution, if someone is a superstar, all pro first team, like, like Debo is, you never want to trade him. John Lynch is saying all the, the right things and he's agreeing with that. But um, it, if it comes down to it, I think that, that their goal would be to replace what uh, trading up for, for Lance cost them last year. But I don't know if a team would, would even offer that. That's two first rounders in the third, I think. Um, and that's probably would end up being two late first rounders. I think the Jets um, could potentially move some stuff around and trade down from 10 and get something like that. But um, it'll be definitely interesting moving forward to see if he, he does get traded and for how much, because if it's, um, what he's getting talked about for right now, that's more than Adams and, and Hill got, got traded for, which I don't think people would have really expected given his injury history and only one year of really elite production. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that's why the 49ers are a little bit wary to, wary to sign him um, to a long-term deal. Uh, we were talking about it before. Ideally, Debo's a guy you bring back on a two to three year deal. That's fully guaranteed where if he gets hurt, it's not going to cripple you years down the road, but if you're going to pay him, to play on your team for five five years later, and he's making twenty five million dollars, and almost all that is guaranteed. It is very likely that he's kind of a, a a little bit of a broken player, just like because of all the injuries that he's had, because of the similarity in the injuries he's had, a lot of hamstring stuff, um, and I think that's why they're concerned. I, I get it, <clears throat> but I'm with you. Like you don't want to trade Debo Samuel, so I think it's tough. I think if I'm looking at value, um, and I think you brought up you brought up the Jets and the Lions. You were saying that the Lions. Uh, if you trade him within the NFC, like the Lions, it's not really a big threat. Um, the Lions, I think what they would offer is probably something like 32 and 34 um, because they have both of those picks. The Packers have picked 28. They also have picked 22. So maybe one of those in a second. Um, but the Jets did say that they would they would trade away 10. In, or It was reported that they had offered 10 plus um, for the Debo Samuel deal. So if you were to get 10, obviously that's the premier spot. Now, this is a draft class where having that top-end guy doesn't really change it that much from, like, a high first-end guy to a late first-round guy. Um, just because, like, we see some draft classes where you want to get in. You want to get in, like, the top few picks because look at last year. Look at the guys you could have landed there. It was insane. Like, Micah Parsons was, what, 12, 11? Like, Justin Fields, 11. Quarterbacks, you know, one, two, three. Um, you have... Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, like there's just so Penny Sewell, like there's just so many high end players. I don't think this draft class is quite there. I think part of that is that there's not. I don't think there's. I think there's one first round quarterback in my opinion, um, and they're not going to get taken super high. Maybe they do. Maybe the the Panthers take a quarterback. But if you're at pick ten, the guy that I would really want, and I don't think Fort Niner fans love this idea, I would really want Kyle Hamilton. And I hear people going like, oh, he's Blitzboy 2.0. Like, I don't think so. I think this guy is way more instinctual. I think he's a way better athlete. He's not necessarily fast, but he's not going to have the coverage responsibility 
that other box safeties have in the league because he's going to be playing next to Fred Warner. Fred Warner will go man up on a slot receiver. Fred Warner will man up on a tight end. If you have Kyle Hamilton in the box just game wrecking, the amount of turnovers that this defense will produce will skyrocket next year. So I think if you do have to trade him, if you're able to add Kyle Hamilton, that's an elite playmaker. That is a really, really good uh, guy to have as your box safety. On the defensive side, what would you consider this team's holes? Box safety, they they got Odom. That's about it um, for for that role. D-tackle, but I'm kind of confident some of the guys there. I mean, I would probably say you need a one-tech. So that's about it on defense. Like, I don't think you're really pushing to add anything else. You have Jimmy Ward at safety. You went out. You started signed Charvarius Ward. Like, I think they're all right. But if they were to move Debo Samuel for pick 10, would that be the guy that you would want, or, or who would you be trying to target? Um, I think that you could always use another edge. I think Hamilton is maybe the best guy in this draft, um, but he's not at a premier position for drafting. Uh, but he's like 6'4", rangy, can cover. Uh, he can do anything on the the football field. He almost acts as a fourth linebacker, but does safety stuff. He can tackle. I think he's really, really, really good. Um, the only guy I think the Niners would love to get over him if they were to get to, to 10 and you have a realistic uh, shot would be Kayvon Thibodeau uh, out of Oregon, who both of us think is going to be probably a, a top six pick. But a couple weeks ago, there was some talk that he could fall. Uh, and if he falls to 10, he is such a crazy athlete that you could spend some time molding him. And if he hits Bosa opposite Thibodeau would be the premier pass rushing duo in the, the league and probably the best one in the last 15 years, probably um, similar to Von Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, or no, Von, Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, but both of those guys were veterans. Uh, so to have two young guys like that would be awesome. Uh, so I think the Niners value edge highly, and I expect them to go edge earlier than a lot of people expect. Uh, but we don't think Thibodeau is going to be there at 10, but he's the only guy that I think above Hamilton, who you made some great, great points about, and I totally agree on, uh, would transform the the defense. Um, but like I said, I don't expect us to get to 10. I really don't want to trade Debo. Um, but if it happened like that, uh, I think you could do a lot worse than, uh, like a top 10 talent in, uh, a super deep draft class. It's not super top heavy, but there's starters available in the third round. Um, so to get as, as many picks as possible is huge. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, and I think it'll be interesting to see just how it all plays out. Um, I'm with you. I don't want to see Dan, Debo Samuel wearing a different jersey. Um, I want to see him playing for the 49ers next year. I think that's really important for Trey Lance um, because another thing that's if, if you move Debo Samuel, you have to go try to, try to find another receiver. So, like, it's going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah, you're going to get some draft capital. I'm not a big person. Like you said, like trading star veteran players for draft capital most of the time, the capital doesn't get the return that you want. However, you have a lot of cases where guys trade and he's not the same guy after he gets traded too. Um, but we've already seen what Debo Samuel can do in San Francisco. When he's healthy, he is one of the best offensive players in the league. So hopefully Debo Samuel is a 49er when we record next week. Um, but we'll see how that all that plays out. 
Uh, one other thing I want to get before we just go maybe over a couple guys in the draft that, that we really like. Alex Mack seems like he's retiring. John Lynch, they asked John Lynch point blank, is Alex Mack retiring? He said, Alex will discuss that with you guys. And then there was also a picture of the 49ers locker room that was leaked or, I don't know, posted or whatever. And there's a trash can next to Alex Mack, Mack's locker. And it's just, it looks a little weird. So nothing official. Um, but that's been something that's been floated around throughout the offseason. We saw how Joe Staley retired, how he waited until after the draft. Do you think the 49ers would go spend premium capital to go get a center, um, considering that right now their two guards are Banks and Brunskill, and their center is Alex Max? If you don't have him, you're looking really, really weak on the interior. I like Brunskill. I think Banks is a major question mark, and then you would not have a center. So J.C. Treader was also brought up as a guy you could sign. Um, what would your kind of route be for the 49ers if Alex Mack does indeed retire? I don't think that they would spend premier capital on a rookie to start right away. Um, Linderbaum is a fantastic prospect, but Kyle's system is super duper tough, uh, especially for a, a center to learn right away. Uh, and that's a lot of pressure on a center to figure all that stuff out in just training camp and walk in and, to walk into a Super Bowl ready uh, caliber team. Uh, so I think that they would rather go veteran. I think if if Mac retires, uh, they just slide Brunskill over. He has a ton of familiarity with uh, the the system and they either look to sign a, a guard like a Tom Compton uh, level guard that nobody's ever heard of, but has been with Kyle for, for forever. Uh, there's, I, I, there's, there's gotta be five or six more of, of those guys. Um, and I truly think that Banks is ready. I think Banks will play right guard, um, and they'll do something, uh, at the left guard position. Uh, he, he, he could play left guard, but, um, I, I, I really don't know. Uh, I'm not sure Alex Mack is, is done. I'd love to have him back. Uh, I saw the stuff you saw, but. Until he makes an announcement, I'm going to be crossing my, my fingers that he wants to give it one more run. Um, but I could see them taking a center in the fifth round and being like, if if you hit right away, awesome. But let's plan for you to start year two because uh, that's what the Niners do with most of their um, draft picks anyway. Uh, so I, I'd be surprised if you get a first or second round center. But I guess nothing's out of the realm of possibility. And if Kyle um, thinks that he can have a, a center for the next 15 years. I think he would jump all over it, but um, so many question marks with how hard his system is to learn. Um, and you really don't want the center holding you back from being a, a Super Bowl team. Um, so I, I think it's a really interesting point. Um, and I'm super interested to see how, how the 49ers handle it moving forward. Yeah. I think that brick that kicking Brunskill over to center does make a lot of sense. Cause you bring up, you know, this is an offense that's really hard to to operate. Um, and the center is such a focal part of the offensive line. Like some people have made the argument that in Kyle's system, the center is the hardest position to play or the most important position, even over left tackle, which is not every system. Uh, so I think that does that that has pretty fair to bring up because like also if you move Brunskill to center, I don't think it's like oh Brunskill won't be able to hang. Like he's been solid for three years now. He's been really, really solid. Um a big surprise, uh, like because he just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, but he's been a huge player when you look at like all the 49ers success that they've had. 
so I, I definitely like the idea of having him. I don't really like the idea of spending a lot of draft capital. I will say Tyler Linderbaum gets Linderbaum gets talked about super, super high, like that he is a, going to be an amazing player in the NFL. So if he slides really late because of the position and you're able and say you're in the second, say if you do trade deep or whatever it is, you're able to make a trade that you don't feel like is that much draft capital to go move up and get him. I don't think it's a terrible idea because that will help you a lot right then. But then the question kind of becomes, would he start at center day one? Because that is a lot to ask of a rookie NFL center. So maybe he wouldn't even do that. So I, I think it's hard to tell. Either way, though, if Alex Mack does not retire, they still need to address, address the interior offensive line. They still need to go do that. You lost like in Tomlinson. So I'm a little that, – that's probably the biggest area that I'm concerned about this team. Um, I brought up the needs. I think you probably need another receiver. I think you might need another tight end. I, I don't really know. Like I, I think there's things that you can go and get like premium – like try to get like – I don't know, go like above and beyond at a position and try to make it like an elite, elite spot. If you go and add a tight end, because there's a lot of good tight ends in this class and you have Kittle and another really good tight end, that helps so much, right? But interior offensive line is a spot where this team is really lacking. I think it's the biggest weakness on the roster. I would have said that last year was corner, uh, but now you don't have Lakin, potentially don't have Alex Mack. That's a huge blow. Like I th think that's really, really underrated um, because we also talk about, you want to have a cohesive unit in your offensive line. You want guys that are consistently playing. Losing two of your five guys is tough. And two of those five guys being veterans that have played in the system and are really experienced, and you're going to replace them with a second-year player and potentially a rookie or another young player, it's really tough. So I would also be very pro signing J.C. Treader just because you're not going to have to, to go break the bank for him. But He's played, he's played at almost all of his career games. Um, he's been a really reliable guy. And it's kind of like you don't have to spend any draft capital and you know you're going to get a good player. I think that's the safest option. I think that makes the most sense. However, you're going to have to wait until Jimmy Garoppolo is traded to do that because he's eating up a lot of that that money. And and I don't think we're going to I don't think we're going to talk about Jimmy today, but I don't think Jimmy's going to get traded until he's fully healed because it doesn't really make sense. It seems like every team was like. Yeah, if we're contending, we want a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or if we want to make a slight upgrade like that to contend. But for the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, if you're trying to contend and you and you don't get to see him throw the football until training camp, that's a, that's a huge issue. So I think that's why you didn't see him get traded. Um, and I think it's just kind of have to wait. It sucks in that case because, I mean, based off what some of these other guys got, I think the 49ers could have got a second plus for Jimmy. Um, what, like, what did Carson Wentz get? He got a second. Like, I don't know. I, I think that it just seems like Jimmy won't get traded till then, and you're going to have to kind of wait at center, which does make it scary then because then J.C. Treader could get scooped up. So maybe Jimmy does get traded during the draft for like nothing, or I, I don't know how it's going to work out. But I do think that's something to, to note that you could go after him. Um, but it is that's the biggest area of need right now for the 49ers, I'd say. Do you think I'm over-exaggerating over, over exaggerating that or no? No, I, I think that that's totally fair. If – the Panthers called you during day two of, of the, the draft and offered you a seventh rounder for, for Jimmy. Do you take it? Cause I think John Lynch does not take it. I don't think he does. I, I think they would offer more too. Like I, I think mean, they'd offer like a fourth or something like I'm that. I'm saying as a complete low ball, they offer a, a seventh and then you counter with, with something else. And they're like, no, well, it's the most we can do. Do you trade him during the draft to clear that money for a seventh? Which is basically it's basically nothing. It's a yeah. throw at a dartboard. 
It's so you it's so you don't you can cut him and you don't have to give up the uh, seven million yeah. of like the injury guarantee. Mm-hmm. So I'd say it depends. If you're gonna do that, because I think everyone gets really tied on the draft capital and it would mm-hmm. suck. It would look like a, a big loss for the Niners. Like that would be a bad looking move for them. However, if you're doing that and then you go and you trade Debo Samuel because you have to, and you go to 10 and you get Kyle Hamilton or you get a, a, a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. And then you go, okay, Alex Mack also retired. We're going to go get JC Treader and we're going to sign. I think a guy that they would sign is Julio Jones. I know I, we've brought it up like a million times before, but like Kyle said like two years ago, like I would do anything in my power to get Julio Jones. So like, I think there's definitely a possibility there. Um, and then they go and they get a guy like that and then they draft from the receiver. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, this team got so much better. And that that draft pick, that sec third or fourth round or whatever it is for Jimmy being a seventh, doesn't really matter because you were able to add other impact players with that money. And I think that's been the big question mark with the whole Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo trading. My thought is they won't do it because they're going, we're going to extend Bosa and we're going to take that money and put that into a Bosa extension right away. So I don't think that their their mindset is like. Yeah, we need to go like get some money for signing for agents. I don't think that's what they want to do. I think they're fine with having a couple holes on this roster. And granted, it's not like the roster's like full of like, oh, we don't know who's gonna play here. We have two guys could be their roster is very, very complete. Like it is one of the more complete rosters in the entire NFL. So I think that's worth bringing up. But I think it really just depends on do you wanna go make those moves for those veteran players? I don't think they do. But if they did want to, it does make some sense, even though everyone would be clowning when John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan after that. Um, do you think they would? I don't think John Lynch would. Um, I think he's he's maintained that they're not going to cut good football players. And Jimmy has his flaws, but he's a good player. He's a starting caliber quarterback. Um I think that there's a higher probability of the Niners keeping Jimmy on the team week one, which I think would be a bad move given creates a mate like locker room divide and just creates things that do not need to be there. But I mean, Trey Lance handled last year better than I would have um, 100%. He, he played it perfectly uh, waited for his turn. It's, it's his turn. Uh, I just hope Jimmy would do the same to him if, 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 and when, um, Trey beats him out during camp, but maybe Trey needs more time. I, I really don't know. Uh, I think John Lynch would keep um, Jimmy before he would trade him for a, a seventh. And I think you would have the football team last year who are now the, the commanders. Um, when, when Fitzpatrick went down, like a team like that who thought that th- that they could make the playoffs, I could see them doing a third for for Jimmy going forward, or uh, like somebody in 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 that vein. I think Lynch is w- would wait for that more than uh, just jump all over a, a, a seventh. Um, but I mean, I don't really know. We the the Niners have been really really good um, about keeping what's actually happening behind closed doors. Uh, so it's really just speculation that everyone's doing and um i think it'll be this is a really really interesting time to be a a 49ers fan because we could look very very different over the next week week and a half um so super excited for thursday um it's one of my favorite days of the year um and i I'm, i'm really really interested to see where the 49ers go moving forward 
Um, and I think that they have still super duper bright future. I think that they're the best team in the NFC West, uh, possibly the best team in the NFC. Uh, Brady coming back complicates things in Tampa Bay, but um, I think it'll be super duper cool uh, to be a, a 49ers fan next year still, even with all the the question marks uh, that we've endured over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so you bring up the draft a little bit. Who are some guys that, that you want to see the 49ers go after? Maybe early guys, maybe a couple late guys. I don't I know. Are there any guys in mind that you really want to see the 49ers take uh, on Thursday? Um, no, I, I, did, I haven't fallen in love. I, I haven't done the um, work that I did last year, but um, there's all like David Bell. We, 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 we talked about a, a little bit before. I think he's really solid. I think he could be Pierre Garcon-ish. Uh, his main knock is that he's a little bit slow, but in in the NFL, as long as your game speed is is high, like Raheem Mostert, his game speed is faster than his 40, and his 40 is still blazing fast. Um, that's what matters more than how fast you can run in a straight line with with no pads. Uh, Debo's another guy who I think he ran like a 4.5 or mid mid 4.5, but nobody like he he consistently outruns people. Um, so I think he's a guy who, if Debo were to walk, and even if he doesn't, uh, they're not sold on Jawan Jennings as as the number three guy moving forward. Uh, he's a guy later. I think you said that he's mocked at the end of the third round uh, that I could see them them target and turning into a very productive player. But um, like like you said, no crazy holes. I haven't really done the interior offensive lineman research. Uh, which is a bit of a grind, but uh, I'm just excited to see see playmakers. And one of my favorite parts of, of last year was looking at who we drafted and figuring out who who they were. Hufunga jumped off the page, and he he kind of turned into uh, my my favorite draft pick from from last year. Um, and he made a huge play in in the NFC Championship, uh, so it was super cool to see that and. Um, it's, it's, it's just a super cool time, uh, to be an NFL fan. And I think, I think when you talk about like the draft, like I haven't done that many deep dives either. Um, one guy I do think would be really interesting for the 49ers to take is Travis Jones from UConn. Who's a big defensive tackle. They need to add a guy to play the one tech. I think some people have talked about Javon Kinlaw playing there. I think it's more likely that he still tries to play three tech, um, and more of that DeForest Buckner type of position um even though he is he is big he's a huge guy but travis jones is a guy that you can put in you can put have him play one tech he's going to command a bunch of double teams and really he might not be a guy that you know puts up a ton of stats especially playing a position like that um but if he's attracting a lot of double teams super powerful super strong where every time the center and the guard have to go down on him you're gonna see whoever it is outside of him whether that's bosa samson ebukam um they draft an edge like whoever that is outside that guy's going to be one-on-one unless you bring a tight end to help so i do think that they need to add another defensive lineman another interior defensive lineman believe it or not the 49ers are are still in need of that right after after about 100 draft picks in a row of defensive linemen um but i I do hope that they spend premium capital to to go get someone like that and i think he's probably expected like a second or third rounder uh receiver wise even if debo samuel is not traded I am not against adding another receiver or another weapon to this team. 
two guys that I think are, are great values. One would be John Michi, who was Alabama's receiver, tore his knee. But he was a really, really, really good player. He's a speed player. The Niners only have a guy that's molded like that. Um, he would be a perfect scheme fit, I believe, just because he'll take the top off on the defense. You have Brandon Ayuk as kind of like your best guy to do that, but there's not really anyone that flashes like, oh, yeah, he's just going to go out there and he's going to run a lot of deeper routes. You're going to need that with Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to push the ball down the field a lot. So adding a guy like John Meachie could pay huge dividends throughout the season, and he might not put up a crazy rookie year or anything, but his role is so important. So I, I think that adding a speed guy, I think he would be a great guy to add um, into the second, early third, late third. I don't know where he's going to go because he's coming back from the knee, but he is going to play. He's expected to come back this summer. Um, and with a lot of guys that have knee injuries, like unless they're like super serious or like how Trent Balk would draft guys, I have like, you know, like the most ridiculous knee. you'll end up coming back. So I don't think it's the the biggest deal in the world that he tore his knee. I think that he's going to be able to to regain form and, and be the elite playmaker that that he's been and 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 was at Alabama. So I like adding him. Another guy, a little bit weird guy to, to bring up, uh, and I might be pronouncing his name wrong, but Jalen Widemeyer. Um, I don't know. That's, I, is, that, is that right? Okay. So Jalen Widemeyer. I know uh, who, who, who you're talking about. I don't know if it's right. I think oh, people will, will. Yeah. Yeah, but if, if I'm wrong, let me know. <laughs> good enough, good enough. Yeah, yeah. So he's a tight end from Texas A&M. He's going to slide way down draft boards because he didn't run at the combine, and at his pro day, he ran over a 540. However, he was injured when he ran it. There have been so many guys that have come out and ran horrible 40s. The big one that I remember is Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen was supposed to be a first-round receiver he was supposed to run like four or five, and he ran like a four seven or a four eight. He was super slow, not a five. A five is awful, but he had a, he had an injury and he and he ran through and he and he did that, and then he gets drafted in the third round. Everyone goes, oh yeah, that doesn't matter at all. Jalen Widemeyer is a monster blocker. He. Be. He was supposed to be a second or third round pick before he ran this 40. And now he's going to be like a fourth or fifth rounder. I don't believe like, when you watch his tape, like he does not look like he's a 540 guy. He looks like he's running like a 4-7. That's what it looks like he runs. So he might not be the fastest guy in the world. He's an amazing blocker. He's a great guy to have as your number two tight end. And if you're getting him in the fourth or fifth round, the best part is that he's probably, I think he's probably the best receiving tight end of the entire draft because he absolutely destroyed guys at Texas A&M, just running post corners, just going insane. So I think that that if you can get John Widemeyer on day three, I think that's an absolute steal. So I hope the 49ers go after him. He does feel like he, he fits the physicality. And if you watch Texas A&M, they will force feed the ball to him at some time. So I, I think he's a great player. I, I would love for them to go after him. Um, Another guy that that has been has been brought up, I haven't really watched him too much, but I think he's worth noting, is Marcus Jones. So Marcus Jones is a a nickel corner, and he's also a returner. Another position of need that the 49ers have is they need to get a returner. I do not want to see Brandon Ayuk returning punts. I did. I thought he was really bad at it last year, um, but Marcus Jones is a guy that's like a third round pick. He can come in. 
he can potentially uh, start at at nickel. He would compete with Diamador Lenore. I mean, that's who I think he would compete with, don't you? I, I think it's E-Man and Trevarius Ward outside, and then right now it's just kind of a competition to see who's going to play slot. I think if Marcus Jones is that guy, I think it'd be really intriguing. Like I said, I don't know a ton about him. He played on Houston, supposed to be a second or third rounder. Um, but if he can fit that, if he can be a rookie, start at nickel and start as a returner, he is definitely worth a day two pick. So I'm intrigued by him as well. But Aiden, anyone else or anything else you want to bring up on the draft before we take off out of here? No, um, I, I, I think that we, we hit it so well last year with that Elijah Mitchell mock draft. Uh, which was super cool to see him do do awesome this year. Uh, hopefully one of the guys that we just said, the Niners end up picking and ends up having a really good rookie year. Um, obviously, Matt talked about a lot more guys than I did, but um, I'm su- this is this is, like I mentioned, like one of my favorite times of the year because it's limitless possibility. Um, so excited to see how how the Niners look on Friday morning and specifically Monday morning because, the the fifth round I think is on Saturday, so that's that's where the Niners make make their money. Uh, so excited to um, see who who the new members of of the Ford Niners organization are going to be, uh, and hopefully Debo is still a a, a part of the team going forward, and uh, just good good to get back at it. So what you're really telling me is that if the Ford Niners take Jalen Widmeyer in the fifth round, he's killed 2.0, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. We will be back post-draft, um, and then we'll probably go on that that little hiatus after that. Um, but, yeah, sorry we weren't able to do a lot of draft content. I was hoping to get a ton of stuff out. Didn't really get a chance to, to watch the guys in volume that I have in the past, which was which was honestly a big bummer to me because, Aiden, like you said, for me too, like, draft time is one of the favorite things. And this year I feel like over maybe like the past five years, I know the class – less than I have, which really sucks, honestly. Um, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm still pumped for draft day. Um, I'm going to be watching with a couple buddies, and, and they know the, the class a lot better, so I'm going to kind of get the breakdown as we go throughout it. But I'm I'm super pumped, um, and and hopefully the 49ers retain Debo Samuel. Hopefully they add a, a few playmakers to, to help Trey Lance and clean up the offensive line, add a box safety, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how it plays out, but we'll be back here after the draft talking about all these picks, talking about who we really like, you know, maybe some of the moves that the 49ers make. But thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon.